Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Joshua is a 20-year-old male who comes in for his routine wellness exam. He's currently a junior in college. He plays football for his school's team and has been doing very well. He reports recently that he's having trouble sleeping, and he went off to an off-campus party where he saw one of his housemates overdose. He reports that what he saw was his friend took a handful of pills that someone gave him, and next thing you know, his friend was out. He said it was the scariest thing he's ever seen in his life. I thought he was going to die in front of me, and I didn't know how to help. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me this morning is Marianne Montague, instructor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the UMass Chan Medical School and visiting assistant professor at Fitchburg State University. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning, Frank. How are you doing? Okay. You know, even as a longtime clinician, seeing someone in dire straits or you think they're going to die is very traumatic. A 20-year-old male is considerably worse. How are things going with regard to drug overdose in the U.S.? So, Frank, it's still very scary. According to the CDC, over the past two decades, from 1999 to 2020, there has been a significant increase in drug overdose. It's actually estimated that there have been over 500% more overdose-related deaths just between 2019 and 2020 alone, there were 30% increase in people who died due to drug overdose. And unfortunately, COVID-19 pandemic didn't help that for multiple reasons. Yeah, um, it's so true. I was shocked to see that data, that huge, huge jump in overdose deaths throughout the pandemic, especially in young people. So as a response to the opioid epidemic, we've seen and had lots of encouraging noise about take-home naloxone programs. Do they work? So that's interesting. I was recently reading in the International Drug Journal and Policy that discussed naloxone provision and its impact on substance abuse. So over the years, there's been concerns from healthcare professionals and lawmakers about these programs. And the concern has been around the moral hazard. And, you know, if we have more of these programs, is it going to cause more encouragement to use? And this review actually found that it didn't impact substance abuse in that way, and that having more of these programs readily available would be beneficial. Yeah, I think it's it's a, a fallacy to believe that can, encouraging people to recognize and address and respond to drug overdose encourages bad behavior. I'm sure on some level in subsets of, of groups, that's true. But I think for the most people, uh, these programs have been very helpful. Joshua's friend may be struggling from something like opioid use disorder. Um, what, what should we be doing in our clinical roles to help support him and his friends? 
So I first think it's so important for us to listen to Joshua as a patient, understand and acknowledge that this was a scary situation he went through, like many others have unfortunately witnessed. But what we could do for him as a provider is offer him prescription for naloxone. Fortunately, many states have naloxone readily available and you don't need a prescription. And now it's available in all 50 states. I actually found this great resource, which I hadn't heard of before, but naloxoneforall.org, which is a website where you can go and you can find where you can get naloxone closest to you. I am curious, everybody who's listening to this podcast, ask yourself, are are you carrying naloxone in your bag, your briefcase or your backpack? Is it in your car? I've been doing it. And Thankfully, I haven't had to use it over the last three years, but I think we as healthcare providers need to be jumping in on being prepared in the event something goes wrong. Uh, We probably all carry gloves. We probably all carry masks. This would be another thing that we should carry on us whenever we're out and about and, and in the office in the event it's needed. In addition to our us ourselves carrying naloxone, what else should we as healthcare providers do to help address the overdose crisis? Well, one thing I think I can actually tell you is that they have changed the requirements and it's actually easier for providers to prescribe Suboxone. So that's a resource that we could tap into as clinicians. You know, the CDC has a framework for reducing overdose. This framework's mission is to prevent overdoses and substance use-related harms. It has six guiding principles, which include promote health equity, address underlying factors, partner broadly, take evidence-based action, advance science, and drive innovation. And along with that, there's five strategic priorities that they have as well. We have a lot of work to do, Frank, in this country. And specifically as providers, we should really be improving our opioid prescribing through continued trainings on safe prescribing and using the prescription drug monitoring programs. A lot of our EMR system have it interfaced right in there, so it's easy for us to access. And ensuring that we are equipped to treat opioid use disorder And if we're not, knowing the resources in our community as well. And then lastly, we should educate our patients and our peers and and the people we come encounter with about the ability to utilize naloxone and how it is a life-saving drug. I think that's a really important approach. I have a, a very nice family where the parent's child has a substance use disorder, and I encourage them to get naloxone at home. And they were embarrassed to. And no matter what I said, I couldn't encourage them to go beyond that. And then one day they came home and found their son down in the driveway. And since then, they both now keep it with them. Their son recovered. And they feel like, you know, once you accept this as a disease rather than, you know, a personality defect, your ability to to care for it as a member of the community improves greatly. Marianne, a, a really crucial topic. Thank you so much this morning. Thank you. Practice pointer. Drug overdose continues to be on the rise. In 2020, nearly 92 
thousand people died from drug overdoses in the United States, which is approximately over 30% increase in just that one year. If we don't act now, we will see even more preventable deaths. Join us next time when we talk about management of respiratory infections in children and the lack of benefit of antibiotics. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.